Hello and welcome to episode 391 of the Steel Cage Podcast. Woo! My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as, well, just a kid who's been chasing his dream for 17 years. And we are here today with a two-man pod. I am happy to be joined here in the Peanut Butter Palace, a.k.a. Starcade Studios, uh, to be joined by a man who hails from none other than Huss Brewery right here in Phoenix, Arizona. He is the one and only... From the Matt Mania podcast, getting calls, getting calls while we're in the introduction, he is the one and only Neo Nex. Yo, that Twitter feed is blowing up. <laughs> I, hey, I fucked up your name again on purpose. You know what, though? That you, would catch it. you know who else fucks it up is the, uh, the, 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 the AI computer robot that G1 installed. Yeah. Apparently, my name is Neil X. Neil X. Neil X. Neil X. So, yeah, at right. this point... It's a hard it's nickname. Like, it's getting a lot beat up, but know my face. He, I, I know your face. I love your face, and he Thank is you. from the Matt Mania podcast. Uh, my <laughs> brothers, uh, uh, one of the best wrestling podcasts out there that doesn't talk about wrestling, and I yeah. encourage you <laughs> to check them out. Uh, last episode, we did a lot of put over noise, and uh, you know, kind of like what Steel Cage does, we offered like a more um, rock like take towards the wrestling news. And when I say rock like, it's uh, a lot of there's lots of hate, but at, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, we also definitely try to look at the good at a lot of things. But yeah, it's great to be here. The peanut butter palace is looking smooth and in some places chunky, in the other yeah, yeah, but over, but overall, it's definitely dipped in honey. Yeah, it's a good place. to And be. Uh, yeah, it's a great place to be. So thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me, man. Now we have had a crazy day of wrestling news not even a week of wrestling news wild day. shit has been happening all week long but today alone has been filled with wrestling news we also have raw uh having the raw reunion this week as well as smackdown being excellent as well uh but mostly we're going to talk about a lot of this news that's happened one of the big stories coming out is is the wwe having their quarter uh, second quarter call okay <laughs> so the second quarter call was to go over their financials, right, for their stockholders? Correct. Okay, go ahead. And one of the very first things I saw making its way around was how drastically down their merch sales are. And also, just in general, numbers, per, you know... It was uh, mer- it was merch sales, it was network subscriptions, yep. it was... Uh, house new subscribers. Sh- new subscribers, right? Correct. Uh, there's house sh- show attendance... Um, so they're, they're spending above like almost like what, what's called EBITDA. So they're, they're spending is, you know, like common, common knowledge. You're spending more, but making less. Right. You know, so you're in the, you're in the, in the red. In the red. Essentially. Which is only good if you're Netflix. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Netflix is billions of dollars in the red. But WWE has really shot themselves in the foot in a lot of, in a lot of cases, Right. Right. Uh, they've had plenty of time for people to bag on their merchandise and say how bad it is, and they could have corrected it. They, I just recently saw that they are looking for graphic designers and such to make WWE merchandise now. That just looks. I, good. I saw that on the career on the WWE careers, you know, job oh, really? board, right? Okay. And it just goes to show that they're actively out there trying to do something about it now. But I mean. I, I think back to one of the reasons Neville got so angry was because of how bad his shirt was. Neville! Neville! Yeah. You know, and he was he was right. And a lot of people have bagged on their shirts since then. Um, the network subscriptions, we've talked a lot about, you know, just their business model in general. 
where they're going, how do how do they manage to keep new people coming on while while holding mm-hmm. on to new subscribers? I mean, I, I hear people that are subscribers all the time talk about feeling like uh, they're they're getting they're getting screwed because you know the the people that like cancel and then resubscribe and yeah. cancel and resubscribe are getting more benefits than those that are sticking around and paying the. <laughs> Paying the fee month after month, just like any other so, service that you get screwed out of for being an existing customer. If I could ask, what is the biggest, what would you say is the biggest cause of people canceling their subscription to the WWE Network? If you could, you know. If I could pinpoint it, I would say, which is kind of ridiculous, because it's almost like saying they provide too much content. Mm. But it's like the <clears throat> frequency of like network specials, for instance makes them not special anymore. Right. Right? I mean, it feels like every two to three weeks we're having a big network special. Mm -hmm. They're not doing anything to promote it. They used to promote so hard. They used to go so hard in the paint for promoting pay-per-views because they needed you to spend 60 fucking dollars on it every single time. Right? And that's a hard sell. They knew that most of us out there were not going to spend $60 on every pay-per-view. And we were most likely going to pick Royal Rumble and WrestleMania and that. So that's why they devoted their time so much to to, to promoting those other pay-per-views. They needed you to buy the ones in between too. Right? There is no more of that. There's mm-hmm. no more, like, moment even for me to, like, have an inner struggle about watching it live when I have a network subscription because I'm like, eh, I'll watch it tomorrow. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch it at work tomorrow or I'll watch it when I have some time. Whatever, I'll get around to it. It doesn't have that same sense of urgency like it used to have a, a, as a live event. Yeah, and, you know, I think the only shows that they have are, like, what, The Chronicle, The 24... Camp WWE. Well, do they even what have else? Camp WWE? Because like I can't, I can't tell you because I do not have the network. Well, and that's the thing <laughs> is, is like a lot of their shows that are popular, like the Edge and Christian show and and Camp WWE, they're not producing enough of. You know, mm. so it's like to to sustain like regular television to sustain regular television, right? When Stranger Things is able to produce seasons faster than the Edge and Christian show. There, yeah. there might be an issue, right? And I'm like, when you have those two guys available to do this wacky, ridiculous thing, mm-hmm. I feel like you could be, especially something like that that's popular, you could be churning it out more. Well, and like things like, what happened to Swerve? I used to love watching Swerve. Yeah, Swerve was great. Where is that? I mean, <laughs> honestly, recently I applied for a position, as you know. Um, with Fox doing WWE when they moved to SmackDown. And mm-hmm. I had a bunch of ideas. Uh, I don't think I'm getting the position, but I had lots of ideas that I don't want to give away necessarily no, for no, no. free. You keep those in the tuck. And keeping them in the tuck. I got a little little stack of, uh, you know, yeah. little post-it notes just in case they ever call me back. They're, they're, uh, they're, but, s- they're stuck to the peanut butter wall. That's right. But <laughs> we do have, uh, I, I would say that the majority of my ideas are based in connecting fans with talent, mm-hmm. right? I mean, obviously, Miz and Mrs. is very popular for a very specific reason. Right. Miz does reality TV exceptionally well. Maurice is amazing. Every part of it, every character in that show is great, right? But more importantly, right. it's it's a very normal look at a person's life. You well, know? and it's a, it's a very um, 
extreme look on a normal person's life. Well, like, yeah, right. They take the littlest things and make it for a television. Right. They, they really They'll do. They'll make it entertaining. But I also think, like, okay, for instance, we had the debut this week, and on the special sneak peek thing, there was this whole thing with Miz losing his, his wife's belt to Xavier Woods in a Street Fighter challenge. Yeah. It was outstanding. It yeah. It was hilarious. It's just great television. But more importantly, it's those... It's those behind-the-scene moments and stuff that we don't really get to see as fans. I like that, those. that people want those yeah. sneak peeks at, right? So I like those. a lot of the ideas I had for social involved, just like, you know, eating at a restaurant or a cup of coffee with a superstar kind of deal. Maybe a celebrity and a superstar mm-hmm. getting together and interviewing each other. They're fans of each yeah. other or whatever, right? Just stuff where people can connect, you know, seeing the, the houses of wrestlers, like, or yeah, seeing where their crib-style yeah. thing, or, or even, like, a crib-style thing about their hotel rooms, right? Um, I just I don't think that they do a good enough job with innovating you know, because it's you know, so easy. Like, yeah. they don't even have to write it, right? They have so much reality content available at their fingertips that they could do so many different avenues with, right? I mean, I've joked, but, like, if there's somebody on the roster that likes to cook, why the hell are we not setting up some sort of cooking show with that person or well, something, and right? and it goes back to Xavier Woods. Loves video games, does video Up, games? Up, Down, no, Down. Right. Why is, isn't that on the network? How is Up, Up, Down, Down on YouTube? Why isn't... Why are you not paying Xavier Woods to put Up, Up, Down, Down... Syndicated on the network. On the network, right? There's your freaking moneymaker right there for the Sheamus's network. What about Seamus' workouts? Right, right. You why know? are we giving so much content away for free? You know, um, what if you did, like, the makeup artists... You know, that's huge on YouTube. I really dug... Commercialize that. Yeah, I put really, it on the network. I really dug that. I, I used to dig that when they would show Goldust doing his makeup yeah. on those, you know... Behind the, the paint or some shit. Behind the paint stuff, right. So... I, well, and I'll say this, though. Okay. Again, this kind of goes back to, like, they're, all of their problems, right? I don't really understand what they're doing. And now what's starting to happen is this confusion with basic... You know, running this company that's that's already a success, that's already rolling it's, along. It's too big to fail. It's too big to fail. But right? it's failing. But it's failing. <laughs> well, and that's the, that's another weird concept of it, yeah. right? Because even you're talking about a company that makes millions and millions of dollars more than they ever did in mm-hmm. profits. True. So they're really just they they just grew to a point where maybe the high water mark, just like ratings, maybe the high mm-hmm. water mark for like yearly profits has been reached. Yeah. Maybe we're not going to see they're not it hitting their now. they're not hitting their like annual goal right now. Right, we'll but that's only that. because their annual goal keeps getting higher and exactly. higher based on their year end profits mm-hmm. from this year and next year and next year and next yeah. year. Right. So, uh, but like, okay, a simple thing is how the hell are you running a fucking house show in a city somewhere close to your other show? On the same night that that show is going to be on television live, you're taking your audience and you're you're not making people make a choice. Well, that right? happens here in Arizona. Well, it happens in other places too, like back yeah. east and stuff. I'm not I'm not talking about like extraordinarily close, but I'm just saying. Well, like, like an example here for the natives is like we'll have Raw on Monday, and they'll have a WWE live show in Tucson. On Monday. Right. So people aren't driving up from to, Tucson right. to go see Raw. Exactly. Because they have a live event in their town. Mm-hmm. Not many of them are doing that, but the true diehard fans that probably would make a day trip out of it and roll up to see Raw in yep. Phoenix and then go see SmackDown in Tucson the next night are going to go to that house show because it's there and it's easier for them to go to that, right? Yeah. It's just crazy to me that they would, they would not only compete against other wrestling companies, but would literally compete against themselves. (laughs) 
and then be shocked at the outcome. Well, goddamn, pal. Goddamn, pal. <laughs> I want to stay home and watch fucking Raw on TV rather than yeah. go to a live uh, house show. Like, I'll go to... I don't even like to go to house shows when I have free tickets, right? And we all know how house shows are. Mm-hmm. House shows are the epitome of a bad episode of Raw. Yeah. They where it's, it's where the, all the uh, wrestlers came out, they waved, they did their thing, their yeah. theme music hit, the... Good guys won, the bad guys lost. At the end of the night, we Send had a home happy. sixth man tag and all yeah. the faces go out holding each other's hands up. Right? Um, well, and you know, I think the the biggest... Okay, and I'll, and I'll tell you my take on why the network is so bad. Can you, can you, you have a guess? Just I guess. don't. I don't. I really don't. Okay. I feel like we, we've covered a lot of the no. reasons why it's bad. It's the search feature. On the network, it is atrocious. Yeah. When I used to have the network, I wanted to show my kids um, Flare Steamboat. I wanted to show them Flare Steamboat, the trilogy. Sure. It took me like 45 minutes to find all three matches. That's ridiculous. It was bad. Like, I I actually YouTubed it faster than I could find it on the network. You know? That's um, stupid. That's it, stupid. It's little things like that that yeah. get my goat. Um, like, and, like, like, like searching Benoit. Yeah. And saying no searches, no yeah, search results fan. But you still have his matches on mm-hmm. there. So it, you didn't, you didn't go back and completely scrub him and delete him out of matches. So there's matches of his two, two person matches, him versus one another person. You can't fucking put a blue dot over his face and delete him yeah. out of the match. And you have it on the network. But you're so childish and ridiculous that you make it so that your search feature won't find the matches of this man when you put his name in. Look, yeah, it's just me. one of those things where I'm just like, it's just it, I'm not I'm not going out there searching for Chris Benoit matches by any stretch of the imagination. Right. But I'm just saying that's that right there just goes to show like this childish level that they're you know running this company. You guys yeah. didn't you guys didn't help you you weren't accomplices in, in, in the Chris Benoit murder-suicide. So you don't have to feel guilty just mm-hmm. because you had a, you know, basically a, a, a memorial service on live television for what ended up being a yeah. murderer. I get that. I, I get, get that. that. I get that there's some feelings to want to completely distance yourself from him. And if you wanted to completely wipe the network clean of him, for instance, I'm just saying, well, that one thing, that's fine. But they would also do things like they would blur out like certain titles. Certain championships. The WWF logo, for Christ's sakes, on the, everything. The like, that drove me nuts a, you know? all the time because of the fact that I, like, I don't like that. And I don't like the fact that you gave yeah. up in a fight like that and turned your own back catalog into this terrible, blurry mess <laughs> because the ref's, yeah. you know, thing on his chest has to be blurred and all the ring turnbuckles have to be blurred. I think, like, what do they also do? Didn't they change the music? Because of oh yes, of yes. rights and stuff, yes. so it's it's one of those things where so I feel like WWE is they're definitely you know showing best efforts to to try to fix what's going on you know with kind of like what you said you know maybe making some alternatives to to the network like they had they've now scaled it where now you have if you don't want to pay the fifteen ninety nine a month well you can pay half that and you'll get half content uh, but it could be the content that you're more focused on. Um, and you're right, searching for, you know, um, graphic designers who can produce better merchandise, making it more appealing. The fact that they're also, uh, going into things like now we have better social media managers, you know, trying to, you know, bring some of that free advertising to, to the brand. Let's leverage our 2 million, 
uh, social media subscribers, you know, across all platforms and try to make some money off of it. I'll say that they focused very strongly on talent acquisition, but they went primarily after W or like wrestlers. Yeah. Right. Which makes all the sense in the world. Sure. But if you're a global machine like Mm -hmm. WWE is, you cannot focus primarily on just the wrestlers. You need the top people everywhere. You need the top wrestling shirt designers to be scooped up by the company and put on the payroll. You need the top music people in wrestling. If there's anyone out there making fire themes, grab them up. You know what I mean? Like at this point with the money and the, and the size of this company, you should be bolstering your roster, not just for the performers, but for everything. You should have the top refs. You should have the top commentators. You should have everything. Well, and even like if you have enough money in your budget, why not just do something more creative and like do some sort of cross brand, you know, promotion where you partner with, adidas or with tap out and actually create better clothing or you're partnering up with more mainstream music very good point you know you've got the bank you know why not try to leverage it how about this how about you take a look at what nxt is doing and maybe copy them a little bit Mm -hmm. you know i i I appreciate that nxt is probably one of the one things on the on the network that's consistently delivering and would be like the one thing i would be sad about losing if i canceled my subscription yeah I like watching NXT. I miss it a lot, and I go back and binge watch it. Mm-hmm. I like watching their specials, even more so than WWE. There's something about an NXT special that I'm I'm more inclined to watch yeah. live than, yeah. than a WWE show. Yeah, and and I don't know. It could be because we're just very unique in what we want, but I feel like we share the same opinion. We share the same sentiment across a lot. Yeah. of like you know hearsay boundaries yeah or across of wrestling twitter or wrestling in general like we have these same outviews because because we see the same complaints all across social media uh and we're passionate about it therefore we talk about it yeah you know um and, and we love it all like or at least yeah. when you're a real fan you do i mean yeah. I, okay so i i think of wrestling like pizza yeah i'm a fan of pizza right which means something really bad neo it just doesn't mean i just like pizza i'm not a pizza snob mm-hmm. i didn't say i was a pizza snob i didn't say i was a pizza connoisseur or a pizza doctor no i said i was a fucking fan of pizza right, right? so when i mean that i mean i will eat a delicious borrows pizza and wings i will eat the highest level i will go to pizzeria bianco and and take the their ridiculous line to taste their, their oh their fantastic neapolitan creations but i will also eat a tostino's pizza Neo, I will eat a Domino's. I will eat a hot and ready for $5. I am not above any of it because I am a fan of pizza. Yeah. I'm not a fan of some pizza. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. I am a fan of wrestling. So at the end of the day, I want it all to work. And I like it whether it's good or bad. Like, I have to watch it. Right? Mm -hmm. Just like I have to eat that Tostino's pizza. I have to watch it even when it's bad. Even when I know it's going to be bad. Right? Monday Night Raw, we had the Raw reunion. I liked it. I liked it, but you knew it was, was going to be bad. It was entertaining to you see. You knew it was going to be bad. Yeah. And how it was, bad it was, was going to be was the was the different right, difference yeah. maker. Like, is it going to be really bad? No. It was it was very enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fun night of it was a of, fun night of not taking anything too seriously. Yeah. And also getting to see Drew McIntyre murder Cedric Alexander on live television. Yeah. That was fun too, right? 
But you know we have that a, that inverted and Alabama slam to oh the apron. Oh my god, that yeah. looked like it hurt his mama. Oh, it looked it hurt me. <laughs> it hurt me. You um, know? but I'll say like one of our biggest complaints has been obviously and one of the things that's come out a lot has been Vince meddling and Vince overseeing everything. It's and good shit. It's good shit, pal. And one of the things that we've taken out of that potentially going forward is that Vince said on the QT or the the Q two call. That he can't personally be in the weeds any longer. I don't know if this has anything to do with RVD and X-Pac showing up on Raw. But he can't be in the weeds any longer, It's pal. good shit, pal. Can't. <laughs> Which um, is, is honestly... Like, it's, it's funny to hear him say that. Right? Mm-hmm. Because he sounds like he's somebody that... Like, he has no help... And he has to, he like, he's like that shitty chef yeah. that has to come over and push, like, the fucking five line cooks he has out of the way and roll his sleeves up and be like, yeah. God damn it, I'm doing it myself! Yeah. You know, and that's his, that's his mindset. Yeah. It's like, I can't personally be in the weeds any longer. We don't fucking want you in the weeds any longer, pal! He, People have been asking you to hang this shit up for five years! He does not hire smart. Right. I'll just say that, like... We've had uh, wrestling news. Um, you know, we, we talked about the Q two call um, about him being in the weeds. I mean, on top of that, he's had to bring in like some. You know, he's had to bring in Heyman. He's had to bring in um, Bischoff. Bischoff, who he didn't even name on the calls, but like referenced as right. like hired guns. Um, he just fired two or three writers. Writers, yeah. You know, um, so I feel like when something goes wrong, they're always reactive. Instead of proactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? Um, and that's valid. That's a very valid point. And yeah. that's that's kind of the problem with a lot of things, yeah. right? Like, yeah, they yeah. used to be, and I've talked about this on this podcast so many times, they used to be on the cutting edge of everything. Totally. Right? Like, yeah. their segments and stuff. I mean, even sometimes if they were they reacting were, but to they WCW. Were they were relevant. They were topical. It was yeah. always something like it, they cap- in the They news. captured the essence of right. what people were feeling. Right. right. Like, one of the things I constantly am amazed by is South Park's ability to do what they do. Right? They because, stayed on the on the cutting edge of pop culture. And that's how they ended up staying popular. Right? right, is right. Like now when a season of South Park starts, you don't want to see, like, stories... You're not excited to see what Stan and Kyle are doing in their relationships. You can't wait to see what they zing. Yeah. What are you going to zing? Are you going to get Trump? Who are you going to get next? Because you know, like, it doesn't age well. It doesn't. Like, unless, you, unless it's like a nostalgia piece. Like, oh, I remember when they talked about Patrick Duffy. Yeah. Or when they talked about Selena. Correct. Or, or Jennifer Lopez. Correct. So a lot like, of times that show seems like it's not going to last, but... That's, it's, it's the simple thing about yeah. staying topical and staying yeah, on the edge. Staying relevant, man. WWE at some point started, like, especially, I don't know, like, I always had this argument with the guys from the Steel Cage, but I'd be interested to see what you think. Do you think the Daniel Bryan run at WrestleMania 30 was planned? I'm talking about, not the whole thing. Right. Not like, like they had it planned a year in advance. I'm talking about, like, from, from the time that he just caught fire at SummerSlam going mm-hmm. all the way up to WrestleMania. The belief is that, like, fans actually made them do that. And I'm like... Bullshit. Because they were calling him a B-plus player and all of that stuff during this time. Who's they, pal? The the, the authority. The Triple authority. H. Right. Stephanie McMahon. So they wanted you, storyline-wise, to get the sense they thought very poorly of Daniel Bryan. When, in fact, 
this man had already been a world champion within this company. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're talking about like an Ali type or somebody who's literally, you know, like new cutting his teeth, not never been a champion of any right. kind before. Right. He was multiple time tag champions at this point. He was world champion. And it, beyond that in like ROH, right. Dragon so, Gate. So people mm-hmm. had this belief, people still do, people from this very podcast have this belief that like the fans made them change their opinion on Daniel Bryan. Mm. And I always, like, it's almost like the conspiracy theorist thing where you're like, that's such a nice story. But in reality, they wanted you to think that the whole time. Take off these rose-colored glasses. Right. Like, you you were played into that. And it was perfect. It was a beautifully told story, which at least for me, made me believe that they were capable of that and that they could they could swerve us like that. Now, that was always so great, right? Right. <laughs> but instead, it feels like since then, they really have gone to this thing where they're like, tell us what you want. We'll, we'll, we'll do what you want. Who do you want us to push? Who do you want, you know, this or that? When it's like so fucking weird. How do you not know? Guys like you and I know who they yeah. should push. Yeah. You know, we know when we're talking about guys who, who haven't been pushed, or even those who have, like Kevin Owens, who rightfully deserve mm. the storyline that he's in. Right. We know about guys like Cesaro, who haven't really had a chance that deserve fucking oh, better than goodness. what he's getting, right? Yeah. Like, if you could sit there and ask us, we'll we'll list them all day long, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's just wild. It's kind of like, uh, you know, when we went to go see PWG... And we were just amazed by this bevy of talent there. And now, from that first PWG show I went to see, I swear to God, like 80% of the wrestlers from that show are signed with WWE, and the other 20% oh, are with AEW. I'm sure that's what it, it is. It's, it's crazy. Like, honestly, when I when I was uh, following uh, PWG on Twitter, and they were announcing, like, you know, for the Battle of Los Angeles, like, some of the entrants. Yeah. I had to Google some of the entrances. Or this, I had to, this year. This year. Yes. Like, I legit had to Google some of these guys, because right. I just, I've never heard of them. Right. And how does PWG know talent this well? Yeah. How do they continue to pull guys out of nowhere, like Robbie Eagles and Bandito, and have them put on, like, the most fire yeah. match I've ever seen, right? Exactly. And that that's the thing is, is, like, PWG, for me as a fan, has my trust 100%. I don't fucking need to know the. I don't need to get excited. Like I am excited about some of the names they put out there, yeah. and then I'm excited the fact that I don't know so many of the of the other ones because I'm like, sweet. I've heard a lot about this Tony Deppen guy. I can't wait to go see him. I've always wanted to see Puma King in person, so that's going to mm-hmm. excite me. I haven't announced him yet, but I know they're going to. I think uh, uh, who did they announced uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. Did they say he's going to go back to PWG this year? I think. Oh my god. Yeah. I was there the first time he was there. <laughs> I mean, one he, of the best weekends of my he's, life. He's on his farewell tour because he's hanging up the boots yeah, and the mask. Yeah, yeah. Like he's in Mexico right now, doing all that. So that's why if if you guys go to PWG, I am I I gotta go. Like oh, when yeah. when is P- when is Battle of Los Angeles? Um, it's in mid September. September nineteenth, nineteenth, twentieth, and twenty second. I, I can believe. swing that shit. There's a there's a day off in between. They're doing it Thursday, Friday, Sunday instead of Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Why not? I think it's something to do with the venue, but who cares? We'll fucking have a blast that day and Saturday that we don't have wrestling. We gotta do it. We gotta do it. We gotta right? do it. Well, and that's the thing is, is that's a must-see event. Yeah. That's one thing WWE doesn't really do. How how come they don't have a yearly tournament that that 
everybody competes in, like the ring, like the King of well, the Ring. That what that, happened to the CW, like the Cruiserweight Classic? Right, I love that. I loved all of their tournaments that yeah. they've done, and they just refuse to continue to hold them up. You know, NXT does them. NXT does them all the time. They at least do the Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, but they don't tag team classic, so to speak. Their mistake, in my opinion, is that it's too small. They don't make it a big enough deal. They right. don't make it its separate own thing. And honestly. I would like to start seeing at this point. I mean, I, I've always talked about how big of a fan of Laugh Olympics I am. But I we have our team blue, our team red, and our team yellow. Mm. I wanna see fucking I wanna see the three brands going at it. I wanna see guys from every brand, including UK and two oh five live competing in a yeah. tournament against each other. That's what I wanna see. I, you know, that would give you so much content to have a G one like style tournament where people have to wrestle in their respect, respective shows to get into the tournament, and then the guys that make it from their show in there's three from Raw and three from SmackDown and three from NXT well, UK and three and from NXT. And they have they had they there was a perfect foil for that when they did Worlds Collide at for the Royal Rumble. Yes. Yeah. That was super entertaining exactly. to watch. Like, exactly. Why can't we have that annually, like like the G one, so to speak? See, what, what we're hitting on is basically it comes down to a core thing of a lack of creativity. Mm. It, it's a lack of thinking outside the box. It's right. the reason why WWE needs to continue to bring in new writers and such. It, it can't be a position where they have someone like Kevin Dunn directing the show for twenty years because what you're going to get is nauseating camera cuts. For 15 of those 20 years, once he decides to start doing them and then just makes yeah. that his style. Right? You know what was really refreshing? And we might be getting off base here, but I, I watched 205 Live. And they actually, what they started to do, I've noticed, because I was watching the uh, the Lucha House Party versus uh, Raul Mendoza and, um, and what's his name? Um, God, his name is on the tip of my tongue. Humberto Carrillo? Humberto Carrillo, thank mm-hmm. you. So they, they had like a tag team match and they did this camera shot where they actually poked the camera inside. So it's in between the ropes. Yeah. So you kinda get like this um this fisheye view. Yeah. Of of the action. Yeah. And that is that is just fun. Yeah. Like you doesn't always have to play to that hard cam. Right. Like if you give me like right in there and I can see all the athleticism that they're doing, whew. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, show me more of this. Well, what I want them is, I want them to try new things stylistically like that, right? Mm -hmm. I talked a few weeks ago about Riptide Wrestling and how their particular show that I saw a match of, which was Pac, uh, it was beautiful. It was just a beautifully shot presentation. You even told me, like, like how is, like, Riptide Wrestling cutting these fire promos? Yeah. And, like, they're not getting any recognition, I'm just talking right? about, like, literally they're using high-quality cameras that make the shit look like a movie. Right. Right? Like, I, I keep talking about this Spike Trivet promo, right? right? But it's, like, it's mind-blowing to me. Mm-hmm. Because I, I... On one hand, I get why a small promotion is doing more risque things. Right? They're going to talk about things that maybe well, WWE doesn't to, feel as safe. They need to stand apart. Shock right. value. They, they, need, right, like, exactly. they need that stuff. But the thing about this guy was he wasn't saying anything that was of shock value. He was basically being like a right-wing piece of shit mm. is what he was doing. He was a right-wing piece of shit that was throwing in your face all of your wokeness. And what yeah. a hypocrite you are for your behavior where you go around talking about how much you love women's wrestling, but then at the same time you're paying $10 to go put your hand around this girl's waist and take a picture next to her boobs because at your core you are what you are. Yeah. And that's like, it was so like, to me, right? Like, just to He's hear like it. A, like a rated R Planets champion. It really, <laughs> well, what, it, what it was was like, 
a modern day character. Yeah. That's something that I don't feel like they do often enough is modern day characters with modern day It goes back to staying relevant. Exactly. You know, to, to, to you know, it goes relevant back to, to the being curve. Creative. Yeah. It goes back to being creative, right? It really is, man. I mean, it, you know, meanwhile you have Vince on the call taking shots at AEW. So, let's let's elaborate a little bit like that. One of the one of the things that he said was TNT is not going to appreciate all the blood and guts. Correct. You know, he said that and, they had zero plans to go back to that gory crap. But, okay, okay. Mind you, this is coming from WWE, who's who's doing close-up ass shots of Lacey Evans, saying bitch, saying shit, saying all these you know curse words. Like two weeks, two, two weeks, weeks later cons- after after yeah. an AEW show, consistent right? and they're consistent, you know. And um, it, I, I honestly thought, oh. Maybe we are getting a little bit more PG thirteen. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know. Corey said that unedited, and then yeah. and Stone Cold on the Raw reunion drops a shit and it gets deleted right out. You know, so it's one of those things where I'm like, well, okay, so so where are we going here? I do do we do we want to you know do we want to attract the, the the teenage demographic like we did during the Attitude Era and and give you know more realness, more rawness to the product. Or do we want to continue to cater to the kids, you know, who like Roman Reigns, John Cena, and stuff like that? I think the thing is, is that there was, there's very little appeal to going hardcore or that gory crap, like Vince says. And that's not what makes AEW special. What makes it special is its usage of that type of match or blood mm-hmm. or whatever at times where it's going to effectively still t- tell stories, right? Yeah. Like, they, 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 I feel like they think... AEW? Well, no, I feel like Raw, WWE, WWE. Th- okay. thinks, like, that, like, it's, it is the shock value stuff. It is this. It's, you know what it really is? Is that a lot of the people that went to AEW already had well-defined characters and personalities yeah. for who they are, and AEW let them be themselves. Well, and, and they and they built on that, right? And they built on it, right? They're gonna they're gonna let Darby Allen do even crazier shit than what Darby Allen's already been doing on the independent scene. That's why the Janela Moxley match made sense, right? Because Janela, you know, is known for you know what he's known for, you yeah. know, jumping like, off de- a roof with death matches stuff, yeah. you know, and you know people forgot Moxley was also a death match wrestler, you know. I mean, they were superhuman before superhuman, yeah, and. They did, they did it for all the juggalos and juggalettes. Yeah, they did. Whoa, whoa. Fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah. Now, we got uh, WWE not completely free of, of of controversy either. So, you know, like Vince is on there. He's saying some of this stuff and, and they're discussing, you know, even some of the reasons why viewership could be down. Still blaming, you know, talent being out due to injuries and such, you know, still some, still some excuse making to But if the, I'm not mistaken, that those were the same excuses they said on the Q1 call. You're absolutely right. So I it's, mean, it's still the same bullshit. I don't, I mean, I remember numbers were still affected. Right. Uh, you know, and, and. Well, here's the thing is, is that if you have all of this talent that you've acquired, that's the purpose of it, right? Right. The purpose of having the huge roster that you have is to be able to call on other talent and have them fill those mm-hmm. spots and become stars when the stars are injured or out or away, mm-hmm. right? But um, do you feel like what happens is okay? You, we get these we get these stars up and running, right? And then you know the guys get healed up. They come back and and try not to skip a beat. What happens to the guy who was getting the push? 
gets squashed. Gets squashed. Gets put right back down into his mid-card status. Exactly. And then that's the guy who we're screaming about. That's the Rusevs. That's the Cesaros. That's my Andrade. That's my Andrade. That's my sexy Manny. You know? I want him and Charlotte to just retire and just fuck full time. I'd pay for that. All the time. That's on the network. Put that on the network, right? (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, WWE has their own issues because today TMZ reporting that our friend Jimmy Uso... What'd you say, Uso? what you say, Uso? Got another... Got another DUI. And I'll say this. Personal knowledge, he drinks whiskey pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And says things about where him and his brother are going to sign... Yeah. When he's yeah. drinking that whiskey. That might not be actually where they end up signing. So. Oh, man. But yeah. who knows? Maybe they'll end up there sooner than we thought with the way things are going. Like, this is a really bad look. And it's what? a really bad look specifically because of what happened at Raw Reunion. Well, and I kind of want to peel that back just one one more time again. There was a statement uh, issued by WWE when this happened. And it was... Uh, something along the lines where basically Jay Uso is responsible for Jay Uso. Mm. I mean, if I was Jay Uso and I was reading that, I'm thinking, yo, that's kind of cryptic. Like, y'all don't have my back now, you know? Like, are you gonna leave me? Or <laughs> are you out of the weeds so much? Like, you can't come in, you know, back me up now. So it it leads a lot to interpretation. You know, like, is this his last strike? You know, for the Usos, what's gonna happen? Um, because like what, this is the second time yes. in like this year alone? Yeah. Second Ooh. time this year alone. I, th- I want to say it's third DUI, but I could be confusing. Cause this I was, think, this I was think... Jimmy Uso, not I... Jay Uso. Oh, okay. Okay. Then, then yeah, that could be right. And I think the other incident was when Naomi got pulled over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And... and he got belligerent with the officer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that, I don't think that counted. No. No, that didn't count. I don't but, think that counted. But we still have... The Usos coming out on Monday. We still have them stopping John Cena and requesting that the Doctor of Thugonomics makes an appearance. And John Please. Cena hitting them with the... Respect for calling me out, but ain't no way I'm getting bested. Y'all look just like your mugshots. How was it getting arrested? <laughs> First oh, of all, man. can we bring John Cena back full time as Doctor Thugonomics? I've had two like appetizer-sized plates of of Doctor Thugonomics, and I'm ready for a buffet. I'm ready for an all-you-can-eat smorgasbord of this guy coming in in jerseys for the local sports team, hats on backwards, hats and on backwards, cutting this fire promo. From a man who we know has never wrapped a day in his life but, prior to this whole. Situation. But you know what? I mean, you know when he, uh, when he, when he's on it, he's on it. He's fire. Yeah. You know, I just, just bad timing on this one. I suppose. I, I, I just don't want him to go back to, to say things like, um, uh, how, how he said like when he cut the promo like on, was it Royal Rumble where he's like, oh, this is just a, this is just a work for me or, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Stuff like that. Well, I mean, there was a there was the the backstage interview where he was saying like yeah. that he wasn't this wasn't him or whatever. Yeah, like, like that's, yeah, that's like me. Yeah, yeah. I had to play this. I don't like that. <laughs> I like that. I don't like any point. I mean, 
I am not this guy. I'm not this guy, but I will say, I am fucking sick of people not protecting the goddamn business. Yeah. yeah. I'm sick of it. Um, because, you know, I think we're just too old. You know, it's we're no country for old men. And yeah. there's no country for us as old men anymore. Because <laughs> I just feel like at times... Things like that, John Cena thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, him, him saying that. I feel like... You it know, makes you go like, come on, man. Right, like the Buck's talking about the gimmicked chair yeah. and all of that, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah, dude, this is the exact... I mean, but it, it's kind of weird because we live in a world now where the mob comes for you. Mm-hmm. Like... I didn't. I didn't even understand like when I was a kid when I would see mobs in movies and shit how that happened or how they formed. I didn't understand as a kid how like Nazis rose to power either. But now I have a full fucking fledged yeah. example of that. Yeah. And it's the same thing with mobs. Like I see now how terrified people are of the angry mob coming for them, and I see how the angry mob does in fact come. It's not just a paranoid delusion. Like yeah. they they're they're coming for the WWE now over the USO thing, rightfully so. Because you can't keep making jokes and shit on television about someone getting DUIs and then have that happen two days later. That fucking shit just can't... It can't happen. It was... That's the worst fucking possible time. Perfect irony. It was so perfect. I was like, yo. When I saw it, because I I saw it in our group chat, and uh, again, if you are a a Patreon member and and, and hit that $100 mark, we'll put you in that group chat. What are you doing? You don't do that here. (laughs) Pay that money. Pay that money. Uh, don't worry. If since it's a steel cage Matt Mania group chat, we'll, we'll probably throw some. Yeah, we'll throw. Yeah, we'll throw. All right, cool. Right. Whatever. Uh, so yeah, it was just one of those things where everyone was just like flaming back and forth, just like man, you know how ironic, uh, you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you, like, you know, shit does happen, but it's always like how you react to it, how you pro, how you proactively, you know, try to save them or try to do something. You know, this is the same week though that Jeff Hardy has once again been arrested. For public intoxication. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is yes, these performers do have, their, they, they are controlled of themselves. They are in mm-hmm. control of their lives, right? But As per the statement put I out. I just don't know if my company would retain my services yeah. any longer if I had my third DUI that they knew of. Or second DUI, or however many number of public intoxication arrests Jeff yeah. Hardy has had, right? Yeah, you're right. And, the, the sad part of it is I feel like this wrestling war thing with, you know, all of these wrestlers being, you know, basically commodities, mm-hmm. that that's why they're putting up with it. Mm-hmm. That's why they're keeping these guys. That's why they're looking the other way. If they didn't have to worry about these guys going and helping some other company yeah. build their thing and make a name over there, they wouldn't be doing any of this that's stuff. That's a very good point. Because, because you're not seeing them give, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but we don't see him giving Jeff Hardy and these guys fucking, like, alcohol treatment classes or something, yeah. some sort of help to help Or, them, or even know? their notice, like, yo, like, you're fired. Yeah. Like, if it hasn't come on, on on the news, like, none of these guys have been let go. Right. It could be because, like, yeah, like, if we let them go, now they might have options. Exactly. You know? Exactly, which is so crazy. Yeah. It's, you can't morally run your company mm-hmm. like that just based on the fear yeah. that these guys are going to go somewhere else and be successful. Well, and that's the thing. Like, with, with the rise of, like, AEW, um, I- even Impact, ROH, like, you can't play checkers anymore. It's yeah. fucking chess. Right, and that's really what's happening yeah. is they can't they can't make moves just on a whim because uh, one of their performers pissed them off or, or did yeah. something like this that gives the company a black eye. 
Uh, I just, it, it's, it's a rough situation. I think that there's a lot of bad when it comes to that. I, I get that they're doing everything they can. But yeah, yeah part, within reason. Part of it is setting a, a better example. And part of it mm-hmm. is, I don't know, like a few, okay. But on the other hand, on the other hand, I'll say this. There was that Fox interview where that Fox interviewer started asking Bailey too many questions about like a wrestler's union and, and <laughs> them having to drive themselves from city she, to city. She put her hand over her mouth. Kayfabe, girl. Kayfabe, kayfabe. girl. Kayfabe. Um, you're going to get me fired. You know, you know, it's one of those things where, I guess just to give you how I felt about the thing, like... Jay, uh, you know, I forget, I don't know, I forgot who it was, Jimmy or Jay, but if if you're drunk driving, that's not cool, right? That's not cool. But if you want to get drunk and have a good time, cool. Hey, man, I ain't I ain't here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. You know that exactly. about Exactly. Right? And that's why that's why I put in the team chat, like, come on, Uber. Right. Like, <laughs> right. you know? That's the most infuriating thing about anybody, yeah. anybody with money getting in trouble when it comes to DUIs in 2019. It's the most infuriating crime to hear celebrities committing or getting arrested Mm -hmm. for, right? But at the same time, too, it's a fucking dangerous crime. You could literally kill someone out there Mm -hmm. driving your car drunk. I mean, trust me, I get it. I know how limits are. I know how people can hold their alcohol. I get all of that, right? And I'll add to that, Derek is really good at holding his alcohol. I'm pretty good at holding my alcohol. <laughs> uh, but I'm just saying, like, there's those times where I might feel fine, but it don't mean I I can't drive, and I know that. Like, I know that, like, yeah, I feel fine, but if you do, if you if you breathalyze with me right now, things are going to go <laughs> south fast, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you got to know yourself that much. You got to be able to make responsible decisions. Like, the thing with wrestlers are they do have to drive themselves, like, from town to town. Come and they have—they're they're still responsible yeah. for their own travel, and that shit seems archaic and ridiculous. And you know what? They have to fucking track that shit like an independent contractor, and they have to do all that stuff. It's like in this age that we live in, like, you know, why can't we? Why can't we just put them in an NXT bus? Oh man! You know? Well, that was one thing with Drew, right? Like, we love Drew, and it—I don't know how to explain it other than it was kind of like your friend is still in school and you're not mm-hmm. in school anymore, right? Yeah. It felt weird. I get that. It well it felt weird when we, you know, like he held up the NXT bus to come hang out with us for a little bit, right? And you know, you kind of think it's bullshit until you literally see him run off to the bus and you can see in the windows all the NXT superstars like looking at their watches and shit, like, what's going on? What's taking so long? And it's literally <laughs> Drew talking to this group of jackasses that's keeping them back, right? But there was something about that, even though I felt, you know, it's that thing of like, God, they really, they really have their thumb on them. Yeah, they're right? really on time. They're they're controlling. <laughs> well, I'm just saying they're making sure because these guys they could eat just like just like the main roster. They could easily fly into town and get their own car from the hotel to the show or mm-hmm. figure it out on their own. No, there's a bus. Most of them were wearing NXT like jumpsuits and shit. Mm-hmm. It was like a team sport event yeah, thing of them yeah. to be together, right? And it's like. No wonder so many guys have a hard time adjusting from that as being their world in NXT yeah. to, like, the main roster where it's like, well, you're on your own, pal. Yeah. You know? And I get it. Like, that could be some sort of extra expense or, like, if you're someone like Xavier Woods who, you know, is doing a show on the side. Yeah. Or is doing this and that. Like, I get it. If, like, maybe special privileges and you might, you know, you need to drive yourself around because yeah. you need to do things outside of the WWE. But, like... 
you know, get them an assistant. Yeah. <laughs> or at least like somebody, yeah, a team of people that their job is to, to be handlers for the wrestlers. Help them out. Get them to events on time so that they don't miss them. Yeah. All that kind of stuff, right? And it includes when they're out partying and having a good time, fucking call me. Mm-hmm. My job, I get paid well to stay sober and keep a running car ready to come pick your ass up when you've had too many. I'd apply for that. I would apply for that. That'd be fun. Right? <laughs> I'm just saying, though, again, with the WWE and their building of this of this conglomerate, that's another facet that they need to yeah. focus on. It's, it's something that it's they a need liability to be... that has not been checked. Right. Well, I mean, it's just it's this thing of like, oh, it's the way we used to do it back in the day. Well, nothing you do is like you do ba- did back in the day, right? No, so no. it's like if the business itself has completely changed. If the company has changed, then the way you take care of these guys needs to change. You should change with it. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I I don't know, man. I just think that, like, you're right. There, there's guys that are going to be in control of their own lives and be able to do everything and probably want that independence of not having someone control everything they're doing, right? But I'm sure there's a lot of guys, like, when I fucking needed to get Drew, you know, in some place to do a signing, like, he relied on me. I was like, he's like, get me there. You know, like, fucking do this. And try not to let any of these people get free autographs on the way there. Or whatever, exactly. Right? You know, like, he, if it was up to him, based on the person he is, he would have signed a thousand autographs and taken a thousand free pictures just in the lobby of the hotel on the way to WrestleCon. Yeah. Right? So it's like, he kind of needed me to be the dick. And be the guy that's like, totally. nope, no pictures, got to come in here and pay for them, you know? Yeah, yeah. He needed that because he has his reputation and whatever, right? So, like, I think superstars need that. And I don't know. You, well, you, and it you goes, can say it's childish or whatever. But, I mean, you know. it goes back to, like, Andre the Giant, he had a handler. Yeah. You know? Um, and there would be, like, handlers or agents, you know, for these wrestlers. I just think if there was more of them. Yeah could really help the business out as a whole yeah there, there's there's a lot of things that they can still improve on there's a lot mm-hmm. of things wrestling companies still do wrong right so i mean wwe definitely had there there they it felt like there for a while mm-hmm. they had just like tightened every bolt and that machine was running yeah. at, at at you know at full capacity full capacity but we can see the cracks and a lot of the cracks are stuff i think wrestling fans who are longtime fans like have been bitching about for a while and mm. could see coming from a while away. Yeah. You know, there's there's definitely some issues with not having a good transitional group, you know, mm-hmm. next to like Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio sticking around that was that you know, was kinda like the old timers that could pass on to the new guys. Yeah. They they, they didn't really have that. And they, there's a lot of there's a lot of things lacking that make, you know, the current product uh, have room for improvement. Right, but they yeah. they still have a lot of good going on, and I thought that's true. You know, I thought I thought the Raw reunion was a ton of fun. Uh, again, there was there was a lot of bad, there was a lot of cheesy moments. It's to be expected. Yeah, but there was a lot of good. You so, know, and that's where my thought was like it was really entertaining to watch, but my biggest gripe was we're almost a week away from SummerSlam, mm-hmm. and we have no development from Raw. These old timers basically for lack of a better word, put themselves over. I think the only person who put someone over was Mick Foley. Yeah. With The yeah. Fiend. Yeah. I mean, other than that, like I said, it was just fun to there watch. There was no passing of the torch. Except yeah. maybe the DX stuff with, with Seth a little oh bit. Oh my god, how awkward was that? It was really fucking awkward. Uh, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I still loved, like, 
even though even though I knew it was going to happen and we even joked on Twitter about the moment when it was going to happen, Ron Simmons, damn, couldn't have come at a better time. Jimmy Hart handed him the mic- megaphone. All of that was great. Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out and delivering that from the heart speech. Ooh, sent him home happy. You know, Sent like everybody home happy. Because could you imagine it ended with Hulk Hogan out there like it did oh, when it was at that geez. point? You know, yeah. I mean, that was brutal. Even that promo was brutal. Everything like, about it was bad. How fucking eighty five are you right now? Well, I get like respect to Flair and Hogan, right? Yeah. Hogan's a piece of shit, but whatever. Wrestling wise, you can't, you know, take away from what he did for this business and yeah. what a huge star he was. Uh, Flair. On the other hand, is he's like I think he's transcended in my opinion. Uh, Flair has transcended the fact a, that amongst, uh, uh, like Flair has transcended so much, like he could he can't do any wrong at this yeah. point. Yeah, he's still he just can't his, do any wrong. His promo holds up because locker rooms aren't saying, "Let me tell you something, brother." Yeah, you know, or there's he not there's made, not a rap song called "Let Me Tell You Something, Brother." Dude, he was trying to hit all of the all of the greatest hits of Hogan, and it yeah. was like. Dude, are you really talking about saying your prayers and eating your vi- Get the fuck out of here, man. I am sorry, but... He's like a one-trick pony at this point. That uh, That's probably been the biggest problem ever since he got old. He's, you got, know? he's got to just start that fucking con circuit and just stop meddling around yep. over here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I did like the fact that the twenty four seven championship became the star of, of the show. Oh man! I mean, that was that was like that. I felt like was one of the best incorporated things into the show. That was just fun all night long. I totally have to eat crow on that because I dunked on that thing so hard. Like this is just bullshit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And mind you, it's it's it really is bullshit, but it's so fun to watch. You know, it's wacky. It's wacky. And, and it's like the wacky racers chasing a title. <laughs> I think the thing about it more so though is even though even though it's getting it's getting a little old for it to be Drake Maverick and R Truth all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the rivalry right now for it. That's basically like the feud for the belt but is it, those two. Ver- it, there's all this other stuff going on, but at its but core, but it goes to show you like this wacky thing is getting much more praise than your oh, yeah. wrestling or or sports entertainment yeah, product. Right. Well. Like, First of all, every anybody who's has a brain in their head that's watched wrestling knows that like the promos, the backstage stuff, all that little acting, all the soap opera drama, that's what makes wrestling wrestling. Not great that matches. That is what makes wrestling wrestling. It's not these great matches. Like stop giving me these really talented fucking athletes that can go in the ring. Guess what? Most of them do the same move set, and after watching them for two years, I'm bored even with their fucking great matches unless you start pulling them back and making them special, you know, event things where I only get to see them wrestle once or twice every, every, you know, two months. Yeah. That's a bigger deal than, you know, constantly putting Seth Rollins out there on every fucking episode of Raw and then wanting me to still be excited about seeing him wrestle. Right now, I'm suffering from the same fatigue that we did with Roman over Seth. And, yeah. And Roman's super exposed right now, too. They're doing a ton with him, and he's on way more than he should be. But it's still less than Seth. And that's the thing, like, why on SmackDown did Shane McMahon say Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens? Like, why? Like, I, I guess, tell tell me why they need to be paired up. Or why would you want somebody who you know isn't going to, like, physically assault Kevin Owens, if yeah. that's what your intention is? I mean, if you're, like, this really badass heel, 
I would say, you know what, Kevin Owens? You're putting a tag team match against Drew McIntyre and, and Elias. And you know who your tag team partner is? It's going to be fucking um, one of the guys from the Ascension. Yeah. You know, or it's going to be, yeah. you know, um, Drew. it'll be Drew Maverick. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Drake Maverick. Yeah. You know, put him with someone, like, put him... That's insulting, but then gives that person a, a chance yeah. to shine in that moment. Let's them be. Let him fight from beneath right. and get his, you know, shine on. But no, you put him next to a fucking superstar like Roman Reigns. Yep. Roman Reigns is handsome. Kevin Owens is ugly yeah. <laughs> by by normal standards. Well, I think the, <laughs> I, I think at least the thought process there is they they feel like Kevin Owens is the exact opposite in every way from Roman Reigns, including the fan support. But I get it. Like, they want them to rub up against each other. Yeah. But, like, they're, you're just not doing them each no. their own justice. No. Well, and Kevin Owens, I, it's fine. It is what it is. But, like, I think that it's it's like a lot of things. A, a lot of... I, I With the roster being as big as they have now, they have no need to fill a show with four or five segments featuring the same guy. Right? One of the things I like about Kevin Owens, in particular, during this particular time is the fact that he's not being featured on Raw and SmackDown Mm -hmm. every single episode of both shows like some of these guys are. They really need to dial it back and make them special attractions so that you tune into the thing to see them because you can't see them somewhere else or whatever. Yeah. Right? I mean, but I still like it. I think Kevin Owens is the absolute perfect face for everything that's going on right now. Yeah, he's like a super anti-hero, anti you know, um, anti-establishment type of person, right. anti-authority, so to speak. Yeah. So I get it. I want him to topple Shane. Would you say this is the best role he's ever been in, or do you think he's still better as, like, that <laughs> heel that came in and challenged so, John Cena? That That is one of the top three, but <laughs> I still have a special place in my heart when they did the fres- Festival of Friendship. Of course. <laughs> that... That's that the Kevin, biggest that piece Kevin of Owen? In, 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 on the Oh, my God. That yeah. was fantastic. Like, he was very subtle about being a piece of shit towards Jericho. See, I myself still loved that night of him joining the New Day so much that it it still bothers me that they had to ruin it by having him go the way that he did, right? Mm -hmm. Being his typical self. But um, the only thing they missed out there was if they were going to go in this face direction, they needed to have something happen where it showed, like, his growth a little bit, like, from that. like Or just showing, like, have him say, like, Tried to take the easy route and things didn't work out for me and mm. kind of rethinking who I am as a person or something about addressing at least that whole thing that he did where he turned on Kofi just to try to get the belt. You're absolutely right because if you don't address it, you're going to be labeled as the next big show where you're just flip flopping between for no reason at all. Flipping between, you know, for no reason. Yeah. You know, you don't want that. All right. Well, WWE was fun. I don't think that there's too much more to talk about with Raw and SmackDown. I think I feel like SmackDown did a better job of adjusting back and 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 trying to promote SummerSlam, getting things yeah, back on track on SmackDown. But so to the, speak. the problem I still have is like like you said, we're two weeks out from SmackDown or from from SummerSlam, and Kofi yeah. is just now introducing who his opponent for the championship yeah, is Ran- going to be. Randy Orton. It's Randy Orton. Yeah, and I mean they they did like one little promo. And then, boom, SummerSlam match. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I get it because they're hearkening back to their history. Yep. Is it is it interesting? 
It was at the mm. time, but you guys didn't do enough to pursue it to make it yeah. into a big thing. It was interesting for, like, one night of Raw. Yeah. Just like I can think about other people. I can think of Santino Morello's debut as being interesting for one night. No knock to him, but it's like everything after his debut, when he won the Intercontinental Belt as a fan coming out of the crowd, everything out of that was... was Subpar. Subpar, compa- um, by comparison. I don't know. I just... If they really want to build the title, like how AJ, you know, had it, I just don't have any memorable defenses for Kofi as of yet. You know? Yeah. I guess memorable? I mean... Uh, I mean, I don't know. Can you name one that really stands out? No. His win against Daniel Bryan. That's what stands out to me. Yeah. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I can... Okay. That's it. That's the rivalry it. with Daniel Bryan leading into the win. Yeah. But they didn't do anything to keep that rivalry going, to keep that spark going. Yeah. They, You know, you, you immediately dump him into a rivalry with Dolph Ziggler after mm-hmm. that. And... Kevin Owens? I mean, Kevin Owens was decent, but... I don't know. Yeah, like, definitely Kofi hasn't done anything. And, like, you know, the Seth Rollins-Brock Lesnar situation isn't much more interesting. Yeah. Uh, but they at least have some more ongoing story that felt feels like it's been going for a while. Right? Yeah, because you have something to build on. Like, you know, it goes back to the robbery. It's, it goes back to the heist that you pulled at WrestleMania. He pulled a heist on you at Extreme Rules. At least you have something to build off of, right? So to speak, right, right, right. Versus like this Kofi thing, I felt like his biggest rival in his uh, run has been Samoa Joe, and and it was just a blip. Yeah, it was just. A I blip. think that, I think that's been part of the biggest problem is like going from pay per view to pay per view when they're three weeks apart and and having these be rivalries. Mm-hmm. They're not. Like, give me a, skip a fucking show and don't have the WWE Championship defended on one show. Yeah. Give me some time to build into it. Maybe start planning your rivalries, like, with 60-day spans instead of just, like, 21-day spans or 30-day spans. Go out longer. Start them earlier. Do whatever you need to do, but just put more into it. It really, though, comes back down to what we were saying at the beginning of this show. It's a lack of promotion. It's a lack of feeling you need to promote, right? Yeah. Like, it's kind of like when you're married and you stop doing the things for your wife that you did when you were dating to get her to, like, have sex with you. Yeah. Right? You, you tried really hard. Now you put in a minimal effort and then you're confused as to why she's not interested. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, I washed the dishes. That should be enough for me to get some mm-hmm. tonight. No, it's not, motherfucker. No. Not after the three arguments you had during dinner and before dinner. Yeah. No, it's not. You need to treat that person better. And you need to put in more work if that's what you want for your end result. You need to put in more work into the relationship. So it's like WWE just expects people to watch without trying at all, all to promote it. Like, with boxing and wrestling, that's the that's the most important job as important as the people that are actually putting their lives on the line in the yeah. ring is promoting those things and making people interested in them. So, like, if you could do something, if you could, like, help with the promotion for, like, for like Kofi, for example, where do you feel would be, you know, how, how, would, you, how would you basically book him? How would you promote him to have something that really stands out? I would do something for Kofi that involved, you know, a real personal attack, something like Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. I felt like Samoa Joe was the perfect rival for for mm-hmm. Kofi. For Kofi. I felt like Daniel Bryan was the f- perfect rival. Like the the you're not going to be anybody. Like the hypocritical, B 
B-plus player stuff of him being a B player yeah. now and uh, Daniel Bryan having that thrown in his face. Mm-hmm. All of that. It just, it showed, it showed advancement. It showed growth. It showed depth to mm-hmm. these characters, you know? Samoa Joe is really good psychologically. The problem is, is that, well, especially with something like, like these, like, I don't know. Well, and I, I think, I think the, like, I, I think they need to go somewhere with it and have it end. I think Kofi needs to lose the belt. I think that you can't, you can't have all of these baby faces all having championships and all holding them with, with being very, like, they're not very interesting. Like, Kofi's an interesting person, but I'm just not interested in, in him as, like, the title-holding champion. Like, the story yeah. that they're telling with it isn't interesting, you know? And you know what happened was, when it came to Samoa Joe, he was the United States champion, lost it, and then he fell into this program... With 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 Kofi, but on what grounds? You know so that was that was one of my gripes. Like, what made Samoa Joe deserving of a, of a title shot after he lost the U.S. title, right? Um, and then the other thing was now you have Samoa Joe basically enhancing to make Randy Orton, you know, now the next guy. So I get it if they want to make Randy Orton and Kofi something you know uh something with much more high stakes but show me the footage then like you said before the promotion show me the footage where randy was calling kofi a piece of shit or a b-plus player show me the match that they had show me the history show me the history get me reinvested and you know what do it yourselves too do it through video packages like any fight promotion would why, why, why do I have to have Randy Orton come out into the ring in, in a fake scenario and be like, let's take a look back at our rivalry and then hold his hand out and point to the fucking Titantron yeah. and then have them play that shit? That, again, is, is where they're just, they're not being creative with yeah. how they present well, this and that stuff. Was, and that was my issue with Kofi. He just like, take a look at this one clip where I just did a leg drop uh, to you through a, through a table. Like, but where's the context? Like, yeah. what was it for? Yeah, right. See, a great director with its at with his actors, with her actors, a great director is able to explain to that person, like, the words on the page and and how they relate to their character, mm-hmm. how it relates, what your motivations are, all of that. You brought that up, what their motivations are. See, I think that one of the reasons why you don't get great promote, great like performances out of the wrestlers is because they don't have somebody as a director telling them what their motivations are, because at its core. The WWE writers and the people that are creative don't know what their motivations are. So they don't even know how to direct these people and how to act as a character. That's the reason why things like Bray Wyatt work so well because Mm -hmm. Bray Wyatt doesn't need any goddamn direction. Bray Wyatt is doing it all on his own because he Mm -hmm. has figured this character out from beginning to end. He knows how this dude's story started and he knows how it's going to end. And that's what's crazy about Bray Wyatt is he just seems to have himself figured out. WWE seemingly wants these guys to do that more, but then they don't really allow them to do that more. Yeah. They only allow you to do it if you're someone like Bray that has proven that you can do it. They let you know the New Day do it after they begged and pleaded and basically put their jobs on the line in order to give them this chance to do something the way that they wanted to do it. Right. But it's worked out tremendously well for them yeah. as well. Just not everybody gets that freedom. Now, and, and not everybody, if they're not getting that freedom, they don't get that direction. They don't get that character development from people who are writing their, their so rivalries and you, stuff. You brought up a point, however. You said um, about... 
Kofi and 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 the New Day how they had to basically put themselves on the line to do what they want to do, right? Yeah. Do you feel Kofi without the New Day is what make is what is is what is making his run lackluster? Do you because because that's what we're getting. We're getting Kofi Separate. without the New Day, and then the New Day is sitting at announce table being hilarious and awesome. Yeah. Yes. Like, what happened to the collective? Yeah. What happened to we are all WWE champions? I love Kofi. Don't get me wrong, but he definitely is by far not my favorite member of the New Day and would be probably last. I mean, just saying, like, based on the years that they've been together for five years, Kofi has always been, in the New Day, the guy that could go, right? Mm -hmm. He's the Leonardo of the group. Right. He's the Leonardo, right? He's the hero. He's the leader, but he's also kind of boring, you know? He's not coming with the hilarious lines like Xavier Woods is or just literally entertaining you with facial expressions the way Mm -hmm. the Big E can, right? Um, so yeah, I I think that there's something to that. I think Kofi trying to separate him and have him yeah. be like his own thing, but then still be part of the new day, isn't really working. I feel like they really got to stick together. I think them together, like toting all that gold, oh, is, it's awesome. Is going to make it awesome. It's awesome. They, but they're just not doing it. So it's well, that's I think that's why they got the gold. And that's what they're they're giving a shot at. But like yeah. you said, this week on SmackDown, what did we have? We had the two members of the new day at the at the announce desk all night long. Just mm. delivering at yeah. every point, you know. Yeah. I I enjoyed a lot of commentary this week. I enjoyed uh I I I enjoyed Renee on Raw basically when, when the Street Profits were talking about, you know, going to get high with legends, which is essentially what they were making <laughs> it out like they were getting going on about. I like Renee's confident look into the camera where she was like, I know what they're talking about. I was like, Yeah you do, Renee. So I have a little uh, a gripe about the street profits. Oh yeah, they're just either a too loud or they're just you know how they say you should be you but turned up to ten. It's too much. I feel like they're turned up to thirteen. It's over the fourteen. Top. Yeah, fifteen. Well, it's like, like they already were. I thought they were they, cool. They already figured it out in NXT. They didn't need to change anything about what they were doing but, in NXT. But they were cool in NXT. That's what I mean. That's what I'm talking. And about. now they're just kind of. It's it's trying too hard. Playing the part. It's trying too hard. I'm like, is really what it was, bro. You don't need to like yell all crazy, like to you know to to get your point across to be funny. You just, let's be honest, you're talking about Montez Ford because yeah. Tez is uh, everybody knows Tez is a star, and and you do. It's 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 kind of like seeing a friend when what? you're like when you're watching a friend perform or do something. You're like, you want them to do their best, so you're almost like. Come on, man. Take, it, take it back now. Dial it back. Pump, you know? pump the brakes, pump the a, brakes little a little bit. But then you got his homeboy. Dawson's killing it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like this was funny this at least, week, I thought. At least, he has, at least he has good pitch and timing, you know. There's some there's some segments where like, oh, it's kind of a reach, but at least he's, you know, he's got stuff down, like right. delivery-wise. Right. Well, because, again, and, and it's funny because in the Street Profits, Dawkins is like the Tucker in a way, yeah. of the heavy machinery, right? You know, one guy is the one guy's the Shawn Michaels, one guy's the Janetti, right? And the thing about that is, when they got up to the main roster, I'll say Tucker stepped up. Like he, you could tell, like he was like, "This is the big stage. I got to get better." You could tell he improved, mm-hmm. right? It's not to say it's not to say that that Otis didn't, but he just kind of he's just the same character, right? Yeah. And so that like I feel kind of with the Street Profits a similar thing, right? Where Montez Ford is like seemingly like trying too hard, but Dawkins kind of gets it. And so like I don't know, there was there was something this week that 
I thought this was better. I thought even yeah. even I thought Tez kind of like calmed it down a little bit, and I thought the whole thing was funny because it reminded yeah, it me. It was so, funny. It, you know, it reminded me of so much, man. Because you and I can relate to this so mm-hmm. much. It reminded me of hanging out with Mega Ran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the whole segment yeah. because that's exactly what being with Mega Ran at a wrestling show is like. Yeah. You're like, hey, man, where'd you go? Oh. I was just over there hanging out with Kevin Nash and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and shit, and then like The Rock came over and wanted to talk to me, and yeah. you're just saying like, that all the time. Going, I just got done chatting yeah. with AJ. I'm like, yeah, wait, like, what? Like that? Like AJ? Nonchalant? Like, just yeah. You're just gonna call him AJ, right? You're not like, even gonna call him Styles or like, nothing, huh? Like Kenny Omega, he texts you. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm like, you guys are friends, like things like that, right? You know, it's it's what. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, overall, I think, once again, going back to my pizza analogy, this might not have been a Pizzeria Bianca week. This might have been a Domino's week. This might have been a Pizza Hut week. But it was still a week where we got to eat pizza, my friends. Yeah, I guess when it comes to me, I guess me personally, I guess I know what type of pizza I like. Yeah. You know? Sure. So. You you like a Japanese-style pizza. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah, and the G one <laughs> is going on, and and you're getting all of your pizza love too. Yeah, that's that's the that's the best thing is is that there's plenty of pizza to be had. So the thing is, I just wanted to touch on the G one. I mean, definitely lots of you know big hosses out in Japan. Do you have a favorite to win it? I, know I would say we're, we're kind of like in the middle of the tournament. Yeah, my you know? my favorite, and I don't know how he's doing because I haven't I haven't kept up on it's it. It's all but good. Just my, lay it out there. My favorite is still fucking Kenta. Kenta, and he's he's a top he's a top guy. He's got yeah. like eight points right now. Right. Yeah. And I just I think that, you know, him being out there. The only thing that sucks right now is because like John Moxley's star is shining so bright too. Also with like eight points. And it's one of those things that, like, I feel bad for Kenta because he's he's he, it's like ever since he left from being a star, mm-hmm. he like his whole time in WWE is marred with that exact thing. Some other star being there at the exact same time in yeah. him that steals his fucking shine and just that makes it not as special. He's got to share his cookies. Yeah, he's, he's got to share, share his cookies, man. Yeah, it's it's the, it's the same thing. Like he just can't get his own break. Now, I but the thing that I like about the G One is that he's creating his own break. Yeah. So he's getting like very wonderful exposure. Uh, the fact that he was endorsed by um, Shibata is huge. Oh yeah. So that was, that the, was a, that the was Shibata endorsement. That's what's working for Kenta, while Moxley's U.S. title is what's working for him. Sure. You know, and um, I, I think honestly, my pick to win it is, I really wanted it to be Zack Saber Jr. <laughs> but he has zero points. <laughs> so, at this point, I wouldn't mind seeing Moxley versus Okada. Which is shitty for Kenta. Yeah. But but give me Kenta versus um, Jay White. Or Kenta versus uh, Ishii. Okay. I or like e- or I even like Kenta versus Ishii. Or even Tanahashi. No. You know? No. But no give me something like Ishii or even yeah. Juice. Yeah. You know? Uh, New Japan is suffering from that whole thing of the, the, you know, stone cold rock syndrome with Tanahashi and Okada, you know, where it's just like, God, I know, I know these are the best guys and I've seen their matches and I know that they can fucking just deliver, but you got a lot of guys on the roster that can deliver. And like, well, I mean, Kenny Omega did an excellent job at, at mix, getting his way in there. Naito did a good job there for a while of getting his, his way into there too, but 
man, it's just those guys, they're so constant. There's well, such there's such the stalwarts of that company and that you know, everything they got going on. And the thing that I have to add to that is like, yes, you're right. But the thing is, you know how they stay relevant? Reinventing themselves. Well, that is one of the parts. That's actually a really good part. <laughs> but what I was going to say is New Japan has smart booking where, like, like if you notice, like, this is all heavyweights. Yeah. With uh, maybe the, the only exception being Osprey. Yeah. But before that, they did the, the they did the junior, the 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 best of the super juniors, and the the heavyweights weren't featured, so they're booking the super juniors. After this, they'll do um like the tag team tournament, like the like the you know like so they 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 play it out where like in seasons, like this yeah. season is the heavyweights, yeah. Next season's the tag teams. And I think that's why and how they stay relevant. Right. The focal the, focal point changes, and mm-hmm. and you're watching other stuff and. They like give the, the opportunity for different people to shine. Not to mention the fact that in like today's day and age, like playoffs and tournaments and stuff, that's that's all that sports do. Yeah. All the time. And you know, you you had a great opportunity with some of your shows to do things, uh, and, and you refuse to do it when you're WWE. And so that's the thing is, is WWE still thinks that they just can keep putting on like this one great show and yeah. like it's enough. You know, that it just it's maddening. Because I, I said this earlier, I think we as fans can see what the problem is, so how can they not, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, how, how can they not give people more of what they want or know what people want more? They should have their finger on the pulse more. They should well, be, they honestly... they should be following up on that promise that they put out about how they're going to... Yeah. But again, it could have been a heel move, Daddy. Maybe it was. <laughs> Maybe it was. Yeah. Well, I want to thank everybody so much for listening to episode 391. Before we get out of here... How I long do like, we record? We recorded for a long time. It's oh. a long time. Holy but shit. I want to see who, who would you give your winner of the week to this particular ah, week. Okay. Uh, I definitely want to give my winner of the week um, to... Um, I really want to say Kenta. Okay. Because um, throughout the entire G1... I had that same mindset where that you had where, like, fuck, you know, Kenta's awesome, but Moxley's here. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. it's fun to watch Moxley because he's that, you know, he's this, you know, hard-hitting, don't-give-a-shit type of, you know, uh, you know wrestler. He He's he he's using uh, Shooter Umino, Red Shoes' son, yeah. to be his, you know, young boy, carrying around his title, wearing his shirts, and they riff off of each other. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Moxley basically riffs towards shooter and shooter just kind of nods and agrees Takes it? yeah yeah and but you know like i'm watching kenta like do like these crazy matches you know very physical i'm like oh man he's getting his shine but man osprey is also killing it moxley's killing it coda's killing it naito okada but i i don't know i guess if i i, I hope if i breathe it into the universe kenta you're the winner of the week I love it. Hopefully you have more coming to you, son. I love it. Um, so what about, what about you, man? I'm going to give my winner of the week to Stone Cold Steve Austin. I dun, thought, dun, I thought dun. that... Uh, dun, 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 dun. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of wrestlers who I've been impressed with their ability to be put on the spot and go out and deliver. Yeah. A promo, a wrestling match, it really doesn't matter what it is. Stone Cold talking about (laughs) not knowing, you know, what he was going to say when he came out here and speaking to coach and having coach tell him just to be himself. 
that was such an endearing part of all that because yeah. when you were listening to him, when you were listening to him talk about family and when you were listening to him talk about the guys and the girls on the stage being his family, it meant something. It, it felt, really did. It felt so sincere and real. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect way to kick off or to, to end that show. I mean, even his his little stories about drinking with Nate and, and drinking with Hulk Hogan and being like, I've never hung out with that some bitch one day. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. that was that was pulling back the curtain because yeah. I I wouldn't have I honestly would not have imagined in a million years that him and Hulk Hogan have never hung out. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure, they've never really worked in the same place at the same time or whatever. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that they've never hung out. But you just think that every legend who's still alive in wrestling at this point have interacted and hung out with each other right. at some point. Unless they had crazy beef or whatever. Right. So for him to say, like, they did the podcast and smashed beers and everything was fun, it, w- it, was, it was a fantastic moment for me. Yeah. I thought it was really, just really, really good. I think to add to that, so the last time uh, Stone Cold was on the WWE... He did this, he ripped apart, what's his name, Mike Rome, yep. in that fire promo. His podcasts never disappoint, and the fact that he hasn't done a podcast, he's doing what, you know, some what pro wrestlers need to do, step away from, you know, being consistent, come back, and just get missed. Yeah. And you know what? When he came back, he super delivered. Oh, yeah. You know, um, the fact that, you know, he called everybody in for, like, Stone Cold IPAs and he drowned Lillian Garcia yeah. Yeah. in right. Stone Cold IPA. It was just... I mean, it I, was, yeah. It, it was awesome. Like uh, I said, Raw Reunion was fun. It was fun. And, and you know what? Wrestling is fun. I love wrestling so much. And you know what? Like pizza, so, so you know, you, you definitely, like me, you know what you like. But there's nothing wrong with trying other other types of pizza. There you go. Yeah. I tried pineapple on pizza once. It was fucking awful. It was awful. I don't just go around here with my opinion on pineapple on pizza like, oh, I'm so high and mighty I would never eat pineapple pizza. No, I was trapped in a room in Dallas after WrestleMania and I had to eat pineapple on pizza and it was god awful. And people could say to me all day, well, you could have picked it off. No, because I was trying something new, Neo. I was putting myself out there and even though I hated every fucking minute of it, I still tried it. And I know now that I am never going back to Wrestle Circus as long as I live. Well, it's not going to be around to go, too. That's right. Um, So, can I just ask? I know we've recorded for quite some time. Yes. What is your gripe about the pineapple? I don't like hot pineapple. I don't like hot pineapple. It tastes like like tiny bags of garbage. Like tiny bags of hot garbage. Do you like hot pineapple on your tacos de pastor? No. Well, then it's just the pineapple thing. It is a pineapple thing. Oh, that's fucking fine. Yeah. (laughs) I've never tried to say it wasn't. And I like cold pineapple. I love cold pineapple, in fact. But what about Dole Whips, you know? Dole Whips are the shit. You know? I love Dole Whips. Okay. Especially at Animal Kingdom, where you can get a little bit of dark rum in your Dole Whip. And then Uh, when your Dole Whip melts, it turns into this rum Mm -hmm. drink. It's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I want to thank you so much for joining me. You know what? Thanks for having me in the thank, Peanut Butter Palace. Thank you for being here in the Peanut Butter Palace. Thank you guys all for listening. You quite, can get us on Twitter. I am at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. Neo X is at Neo X. The. The Neo X. N-E-O-E-C-K-S. Yes, that's correct. And uh, you can catch us also every uh, every week on the Matt Mania podcast. Uh uh, we have a pro wrestling tea store and Patreon, um, and um, we definitely want to thank everyone for listening in. Um, Craig, I hope you're listening. We love oh, you. We love you, Craig. Thanks for showing love. That's right. And you can get um, all of our t-shirts, by the way. You can get all of them at 
ProWrestlingTees.com. Our shop is at TheSteelCageShop.com. But while you're there, you can also check out the guys from Matt Mania stuff. You can also download their podcast. You can download our podcast. You can check out the other stuff. Tim and I, we did we did a snack. We did a snack. We did some beef jerky this week. Ooh. Guys from Unfunny Nerd Tangent have graciously invited me over to do a Stranger Things 3 podcast, which we'll be recording this weekend. Oh, I watched that thing up and down. I loved it. It's such a good show. I highly um, recommend anybody with a pulse to watch it. <laughs> and I, I know we're wrapping up, but I'm going to do the... Uh, the, the ever-charming, hold up, I got one more thing oh. the, that I do to Mega Ran. What are you doing? So, <laughs> I forgot we had these two questions that I wanted to ask. On oh, that. come on. There's just two. In the outro? Well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Do Are there any emails? No, there no. Josh, we have no <laughs> emails this week, but we do have some questions. Let's okay, see what we got. Okay, quick question. So, from uh, Begins Like This, Veronica, uh, she asked, um, why hasn't Derek returned since being memed to the Matt Media podcast? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> These aren't questions. It's it. There's a question mark at the end. Why haven't I returned since being memed? Well, let's see. For starters, you guys are all a bunch of jackasses that turned me in a time of pain into some sort of moment of enjoyment for you, <laughs> and I'm supposed to support that? You put it on a t-shirt, and you're selling it for $20 a pop, and I'm supposed to be on board with that. I'm supposed to be a team player, and I'm supposed to come back with a smile on my face. No, it's bullshit. Some guy sucker punched me while I was being assistant champion. Assistant to the champion. Assistant champion. Assistant to the and champion. And while the guy knocked me out, where were my friends? Nowhere to be found. They're laughing at me. Where's 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 Devin? Where's Devin? He picked up the title and walked away and left me sitting there in in a in a pool of my own spit. Well, so you want to know why I haven't been back? Because my feelings are very much hurt. That's why I've been well, back. Well, do you know where your friends where your friends were when you were down and out? No, they're taking they? pictures. I know they're taking <laughs> pictures of me. Um, okay, well, we would love to. Well, I would love to have you on. I know there's like it's always a, a packed house at the uh, illustrious Digilab Studios. Oh, I'm coming. But yeah, I'm we coming. definitely got to do I'm that. Coming just to drink beers. Now, one last thing we have from a uh, uh, Smugzug, uh, friend of the ma- fellow maniac, friend of the show. Uh, really quick, just fire off. Who do you think is the most talented person under contract anywhere that is currently not being used? Ooh, that's a really good question uh, because it's hard to say the not being used part. Uh, I'll say Keith Lee. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I think Keith Lee is one of the most talented. I've never seen somebody that literally oozed charisma. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never been able to, like, but besides The Rock, right? Yeah. And Keith Lee's is different. He's like peanut butter. He's smooth. He's the calm, cool, collective yeah. like charisma, mm-hmm. right? And 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 oh my god, I just love him so much. There's a lot of guys in NXT that I could probably say that about though. Dijak, mm. Lee. I mean, yeah. The, what happened to Dijak? I really, I really think that it's just a matter of positioning guys. I, I'm wondering if injuries are a factor. I'm wondering if like there's a thing about you know still trying to get them. To find their WWE style, which is the biggest part of like but indie wrestling. Keith Lee and Dijak had a freaking flame. Match. Oh yeah, they did. Like their last match. Well, woo. and that that's one thing that I'm like because they were supposed to have another yeah, match yeah. and and then it never happened. I don't know if Keith Lee was hurt or whatever had happened, but yeah, I mean, I definitely, in my opinion, that dude is is one of the best. Honestly, I think Trevor Lee too. Uh, if we're gonna keep mm-hmm. on the Lee boys, but Trevor yeah. Lee is amazing as well. Uh, I think Swerve. I think there's a lot of guys that they well, have down and, there. Well, and NXT. Swerve was just on 205 Live. Yeah, like he did so he's getting Gulag he, at least. I feel like he's getting getting a push. So, 
Uh, but yeah, man, just a lot of lot of really talented guys. Mm-hmm. It, the future is exciting as long as they keep giving opportunities. And if they don't, I'd love to see these guys with all of these opportunities go somewhere else and, and get that shine. Well, I'll uh, I'll I'll, I'll uh, elaborate real quick. Maybe going back to your to your last episode, Liv Morgan. You guys talked about it on your last yeah. episode. How yeah. you know she's not being currently used because again she was like an enhancement for a lot of ladies in, in NXT. And then she was put into this, like, you know, trios. And, again, she was basically the one eating pins. Yeah. You know? But what's stopping her to maybe hopefully get reinvented? Like, I like that idea of just full black suit. Like, just, you training. know. Just for just training. Taking it seriously. And like... just, you know, just having flame matches. We yeah. hope. I hope. Yeah. I, was, I thought it was a fantastic concept. And I think, you know, if, if that's something that you could breathe into the universe, let's hope it happens. Let's hope it happens. Yeah, a lot, right on. A lot of good, a lot of good talent out there that just needs the opportunity, and I think that you know, at the very least, we are seeing that. We are seeing guys like get some momentum behind them, and then WWE mm-hmm. get behind them as well. Right? Okay. Yeah. So let's let's hope that continues to happen. Uh, again, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thank you for listening to episode three ninety one. And remember, kids, you don't get to go to the pay window for effort. No, you don't. <laughs> Yeah, you push me to the